So Money episode 127, Matt Givanesi. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Hey everyone, welcome back to So Money. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Very excited for today's guest. He is Matt Givanesi. He's a website wizard, podcast producer, coffee connoisseur, and all-around creative powerhouse. He makes a living by writing, building websites, producing funny rap videos, and being creative online. He has successfully turned a few of his passions into impressive revenue streams and teaches others how to make money while doing what they love. Matt is the creator of Swim University and co-founder of Listen Money Matters, a personal finance podcast that gets over 10,000 downloads a day. He also recently started Roasty Coffee, a resource on how to find, brew, and drink coffee. And if you're a coffee lover like me, you're going to want to listen. Three takeaways from our interview, how Matt broke through an 800 credit score just recently, and he started from rock bottom, his recipe for creating multiple streams of income, and his tried and true approach to starting and monetizing an online business. Here is Matt Givanesi. Matt Givanesi, welcome to So Money. I've been wanting to have you on for quite some time, so thanks for making some time for me. Of course, this is great. Happy to be here. Yeah, so for a lot of our listeners who listen to this show, they've probably also come across your previous role as a co-host of Listen Money Matters, a fantastic uh, podcast about personal finance, mainly for millennials. I had the honor opportunity to be on the show when you were there, but you are on to bigger, better, greater things, and uh, I want to talk first about what's on your plate right now, your big uh, your big project, which is RoastyCoffee.com. Mm-hmm. You're not... Uh, you're not a novice when it comes to creating fantastic websites. You make a living developing and creating great, robust websites. This particular project kind of puts me to shame because um, I'm a Keurig chick, and I, I, I wasn't always. And I was, I was on your site, and I was trying to read more about you know the mission and the idea behind it. And you're really about a slower movement around mm-hmm. coffee and really taking time to and to brew it at home. So we're saving money that way, but really to slow down and enjoy it. And and uh, because it's gotten the way we do coffee right now is is completely wrong as as you think. So share with us why you wanted to start this website and what you're hoping it will accomplish. Uh, so I've 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 had I've been drinking coffee for a very long time, probably longer than I should have. My parents um, were really big coffee drinkers. My mom, I remember, used to drink like three pots a day or some ridiculous number. What? Yeah, I, I, she I, that may be an exaggeration, maybe two, definitely two pots, definitely one in the morning, one at night. She's just a coffee hound, Whoa. and uh, yeah. And so when I was super young, I remember drinking coffee as early as like uh, maybe sixth grade. So it's been a while for me, but are you serious? I, I started when I was like sixteen. Oh no, I've been no. I remember we weren't no. allowed. I was. You know what? I, I <laughs> my grandmother didn't like it because she would always say that it would stunt my growth, and I'm six two. It didn't do any of that. <laughs> so that was a complete lie. But um, I, it's you know, I've been drinking it for so long, but I've been drinking you know Maxwell House and the pre ground big you know big oversized pound cans of, of coffee with a Mr. Coffee drip pot. 
And it was fine. You know, I had fun with it and <laughs> I drank a lot of coffee. And then I moved into my condo and I was by myself and it was just me making, I wasn't, you know, making, you know, multiple pots a day so that I could, you know, feed my mom and my dad and myself and our uh, coffee habit. So I, I went, I, I, somebody bought me a Keurig when I moved in as a, as a gift. And I used to say that the two best things that I ever owned, like the two best material items were my iPhone and my Keurig mm -hmm. because I drank so much coffee, but I just didn't like, I drank it at different times of the day. Like it would just be spread throughout the day. So I couldn't just make one pot and let it sit all day. Cause I'm even like before I'm very skittish about you know, letting a call, letting coffee cool down and then having to reheat it back up in the microwave for some reason. I don't, I think it's gross. Um, I, I do know people who will like buy a cup of coffee from Dunkin' Donuts and just let it sit in their car and then like, you know, drink it before work and then go to work and then get back in their car. That's and dangerous. If you've got cream or milk in there, you don't want to be, you that's know, that's what I thought. Well, I, I don't know if, I don't know if there's these companies are using real cream or many things, you know, it's non-dairy <laughs> stuff. So um, yeah, so I used a Keurig for a very long time and I, I saw no problem with it until I found out, um, that the K cups weren't recyclable and I'm, I kind of consider myself a little tree huggerish. Um, you know, I'm pretty uh, environmentally conscious and I was like, oh yeah, duh, they, you don't, I don't recycle them. Although I think I was putting them in the recycling bin, assuming you could, but then I, you know, it's the grounds are in there I think the, uh, the plastic can't be recycled, uh, because it's dirty. And also the, um, I think something with the the tin foil, you know, lid. And then I realized like, um, I started getting into coffee. I, I, a girlfriend of mine, ex-girlfriend of mine bought me a French press and I started making French press coffee. And then I started, you know, I've always kind of, um, when we were, when I was younger, we would grind our beans sometimes. Like that was a special occasion for us, you know, pre-grind beans, but we used a blade grinder. So a lot of things we were doing wrong and, and slowly throughout you know, uh, when I started using the French press, I'm like, this coffee is massively different. It takes longer, um, which has always been sort of an issue. But now I feel like I really enjoy the process of it just as much as I enjoy the process of like cooking. I, I cook breakfast every single morning and it takes me, uh, well, I mean, I started the breakfast at 10 o'clock and I finished, uh, 40, 15 minutes ago. So um, I, I, you know, take a very long time to cook. I take a long time to make coffee and it's a, a time where I can just, you know, sort. and I have the time now, which is, you know, a lot of people will argue that they don't have the time in the morning cause they're rushing to work, but just get up an extra half hour earlier. It's not that, it's not that hard really. Cause I used to do it. So, you know, you're into this. How yeah. did you know that this would be a viable business? Um, cause I assume you want to turn this into a profit making uh -huh. venture. How do you how, like, take us through this? Cause I think a lot of my listeners have this, I have an idea in their head, you know, mm -hmm. they, they have a pain point or they have something they're passionate about and they know that they're probably not the only ones, but then how to actually bring that to market in a way that is, um, that, 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 uh, uh, what's the word? Um, well, translates, but also converts. Yeah. Now, I'm glad you asked me that because that's something I've been thinking a lot about. Um, so my original uh, thought process with Roasty Coffee was I'm going to repeat the model that I created with my previous site, which is still up and running and earns me a living. So I'm like, okay, well, my- my Swim University. Right, right. swimuniversity.com. And I, I thought, okay, well, I want to build some sort of media empire of some sort. I just don't know exactly what that looks like. I know I want to dabble in a bunch of different things. And so- I was thinking of what's my next brand going to be like, what's my next site, my next project. And at the time I was making, I was, I, 
I had bought a Chemex uh, coffee maker. It's like a, a pour over coffee system. I had my French press. I had my AeroPress. Like I was trying all these different things. I was buying super fresh beans. Like I was super into it. And I'm like, well, I'm into this right now. Let me just let me let I want to get more into it. So I actually used it as an excuse to like go out and buy more coffee stuff and coffee making gear. Uh, so number one, I can learn and and attempt to try to make the best coffee I could drink at home. You're like, let me tax write this off at least. That, you know what? That's <laughs> yeah, that's part of it too. Because uh, another idea, I I homebrew beer as well. So I'm thinking, oh, I could I could teach people how to do that. I've I've read books on it. I, I'm like, I can do that. But at the moment in time, I wasn't brewing beer. I was brewing coffee. So um, the idea for it is pretty simple. I just thought, okay, well, I did very well with videos on some university. And I want to, I can do the same thing with coffee, except instead of being outside at a pool only in the summertime, I can do coffee right upstairs in my kitchen and I can do it year round. And it's very easy for me to get my hands on supplies when I need it. So that was sort of like just how I jumped into it. And I, I really did very little thinking it, when I got into it. And that's usually how I approach most projects is I have an idea. Uh, I really like it. It takes like, it le I let it sit for like two or three days in my head. And if it's something that's like, okay, this is easy enough, but also I'm going to put my spin on it and it's going to be fun. And the worst case scenario is I get free coffee for the rest of my life, right? That's like the, I mean, if I make no money from it, at least it funds my habit. So I'm thinking, okay, that's, that's great. I'll repeat the model. And as far as how I'm going to plan to make money with it, um, I'm going to use the same model at swim you, which is basically affiliate links. So, uh, if I recommend you buy a Chemex coffee maker, which I actually do recommend you buy a Chemex coffee maker. I'm going to put a link to it. I'm going to put an Amazon link to it and I'm going to get paid when you buy it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get a commission. Right? And, and it's not going to be a lot because a Chemex coffee maker is like 30 bucks. But, you know, over time, as I, as the site grows and as it becomes a, a bigger and bigger resource for coffee lovers, uh, there'll be more and more affiliate links and there'll be more and more traffic and hopefully that'll go up. So that's really, it's sort of like a, a, a Hail Mary but at the same time, again, yes, it becomes my, my coffee addiction becomes a write off. Well, you're working hard at it and you're doing a lot of different types of promotions. So you've got the blog, but you're also doing videos. Mm -hmm. um, I think for listeners, it's also important for them to know that your your website, Swim University, is kind of what keeps uh, the finances afloat, right? It's, it is your main source of income. And so you can go and experiment with these other ideas, other passion projects, so to speak. And, um, some will succeed, some won't, but at the end of the day, if, you know, like you say, you get free coffee, you'll be happy. Yeah. And it's funny cause you use the pun. So yes, yeah, swim university does keep me afloat. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm always on the lookout for puns. So I, I thought, um, yeah, Swim University, and here's the thing about it. I built it in two, I think I started the website in 2006. So it's been seven or eight years now that nine. the website has been, does it nine? I, I don't yeah. do math. I don't do math. I'm <laughs> sitting in front of a calculator. That's a really simple math, Matt. <laughs> I, I don't nine do years. it. I just, I refuse. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I was like, I, I built this thing and I just kept at it, right? I just kept doing it. And I kept getting better at what I did. And I, I wouldn't, you know, a lot of people use the word, throw around the word hustle. That wasn't what I did. I didn't hustle. I didn't, you know, kill myself trying to make this website. I, I did what I could when I could while I was still working. And then when I wasn't working, I put, you know, the same amount of time that I would into a 40 hour work week into this project into swim university. And 
over the course of two to three years at, you know, when I really got serious about it, it started to earn a living. I started to earn me a living. And so, you know, the thing that I even wrote it on Twitter this morning, it's like, you know, ample time plus amazing work equals money. Because if you put, if you do something really good that helps that, you know, fills a pain point for somebody, you do it the best, you do it the best you can, and not only the best you can, but the best that's out there. And hopefully they're one and the same. And then you just wait, you wait and you, you know, you, you can promote a little bit here and there, but good content will stand on its own and will stand the test of time and will become evergreen. And I think that really is what paid off for me is, is, you know, just time is just letting, you know, my work speak for itself, you know, promoting when I could, but I'm sure I could have done it faster, which is exactly what I'm doing with Roasty now is I'm taking what I did over nine years of owning some university and trying to boil it down to one or two years, you know, by, by going back and thinking, okay, what worked over the shortcuts. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. And then hopefully, you know, my next project, which may be a beer brewing site, it may be, um, another podcast who knows, but I'll take what I learned from roasty and then try to even, you know, make it quicker. So that's sort of my game plan with those things. Well, you claim to not know numbers, but you do know a thing or two about making money and starting businesses. And you did co-host Listen Money Matters for some time. So I'd love Mm -hmm. to transition now to my so money questions, where we get to learn a little bit more about kind of your financial brain, your stories, your failures, your successes. Are you game? Yeah, I'm totally game. All right. I like to start with a financial philosophy that uh, that you hold near and dear, you know, that it's a money mantra that helps you make healthy financial decisions or even business decisions, what would that be? A, a philosophy. So for me, I mean, we were very, we were very big on this. In fact, we had 12 philosophies when I was doing Listen Money Matters. And I just remember that um, I read a book and this is such a common thing, but it's that whole mantra of pay yourself first. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very keen on that. But I think the biggest thing that happened to me was a, it's a mind, it's a mindset, like, like money is a mindset shift and you either are in the right mindset or you're in the wrong mindset. And I was definitely in the wrong mindset for most of my, uh, adult life since I've been, I've been working since I was 13 and I've not really had any money until maybe two or three years ago. And that's because I actually sacrificed a lot to start this business. I, you know, when I started swim university, I gave up a lot of material things and a lot of things that I was paying a lot of money for out of necessity, because starting that business was way more important to me than, you know, having a BMW or, you know, even a, (laughs) a a Keurig machine. So I, I gave away a lot of things and I realized that I could live with very, very, very little because I found that the only thing that really mattered to me was that I didn't have to go to work and I didn't have to work under somebody who I either didn't respect or just felt like I was just, you know, the first, you know, 40 hours of my week were just being thrown away just to afford a BMW that I could live without. And I, don't, and I think that's really it. I mean, it's just like material things are mm-hmm. really not all that important. You're a millennial, correct? I technically am on the verge of not being one, but yes, I will always be one. So am I, so am I. But I like to say I'm a millennial that makes me feel young. Um, which I have to say, being a, being a younger adult, there's a lot of pressure, you know, to live a certain life, to want certain things. Uh, how did you avoid that? I mean, you kind of, do you think it was just in your DNA, like it was inherent, you knew it, 
or did you have to be conscious about it? Um, oh, I had to be, you mean like, yeah, I had to be conscious about it. Cause I, you know, I, I think my upbringing where I, cause I live in South Jersey, it's very East coast mentality. And I think the East coast mentality is, is, and I've just spent a month in Colorado where the mentality, like the, the, the social mentality is way different. Um, but it's like, I, I just, yeah, everyone's out to keep up with the Joneses. Everyone's out to compete. Um, you are measured by the amount of stuff you have, by the size, you know, the square footage of your house, by the, you know, uh, if your car has leather in it. It's you, you are measured by these things. And my friend circle, that's how we measured each other's successes and how we measured each other's, like, personal growth is by, you know, oh, you know, my friend Bob just bought a brand new car. Like, he's got money. You know, he's got a really, really nice place. He just bought a house. He's got an in-ground pool. Like all of these things are how we measured each other. And that is something that I had to get away from. I don't, I don't know. You know what? I don't, the only way I knew how to get away from that. And it wasn't like I went into it saying I have to get away from this. At the time I was in the same boat. I'm like, I have to make money. I have to make a lot of money. The first thing I did when I made the most money ever at my job was I went out and bought a BMW because I wanted a BMW and I had just broken up with a girlfriend and I wanted a constellation prize. I wanted to like have a BMW to say, you know what? I don't need you. I got a BMW. So what's up? What's up now? You know? So it, it was just like this, this race to success and it's measured by the things that you have and not just the things that you have in, you know, it's the things that you have that are visible to others, right? You know, your house is visible to others. Your car is, which is why people spend much, so much money on cars, I think is because it's, you drive it around. Like you were literally showcasing how wealthy and how successful you are. And uh, I think that there's a problem with that. And there's, it, it's, it happens in certain like group circles and it happens in certain parts of the country where it doesn't happen in others. And I think for me, it was shifting the value of what I found important in life. And I realized like, you know what? I don't value this BMW. I don't love this thing. I, I, it's, it gets me, it literally gets me from my plate, my house to my job. That's all I use it for. And it gets me to the supermarket. I can get to the supermarket on a bike, not that I ride a bike, but I can get to the supermarket, you know, in a geo metro. It doesn't matter. So what really mattered to me at the time was the business. And I'm like, I, you know what? I don't, I wanted, I want to be a secret millionaire. I want to go to a party and, you know, wear a flannel and people say like, oh, <laughs> what do you do for a living? I'm like, oh, I'm a, you know, a friggin' billionaire, you know, or whatever. That's not, I'm not going to be a dick like that. But that, that's sort of the, the, like how I, I view things is like, I don't want people to know that I'm like wealthy and well off. I just want to be, I just want to be comfortable enough to afford things that I want to do creatively or business wise, or, you know, what I want to eat. If I want to go out to a super nice restaurant one night uh, with my girlfriend, then I can, do, I don't even have to think about what's in my bank account. I can just go and do that thing and not worry at all. And that to me, that, that freedom is worth so much more than all of these like get gadgets and cars and boats and houses and all that stuff, which I plan on owning one day. But sure, sure. when it's, when it, when it becomes like a thing of freedom where I go, I can own this car, but I don't ever have to worry about owning this car. Like it's, it'll just be, mm -hmm. you know, and hopefully I do get to that level. Um, but you know, again, it's not important right now. I would love for you to go back and talk a bit more about your your history with money as a child growing up. What would you say is your biggest money memory besides, of course, that your mom poured, you know, cranked out three pots of coffee <laughs> <laughs> and saved a lot of money on, you know, 
store-bought coffee. Yeah, I think, I don't think I have a single money memory. I mean, I have a few, I know like, um, for me, I worked, I started working very young. I had gotten a weekend job at a pool store, which is why I'm in the pool business still, uh, when I was 13 years old. And I was getting a paycheck. I remember I was getting a paycheck for $75 every week, like on a, I think it was like, I would work one weekend and then either Monday or Wednesday, I would go and pick up my check and I would walk across the street to the bank and I would cash that check. I wouldn't put it in the account. I would cash it. And then my parents or me and my friend who worked at this job, we both had $75 of cash in our pockets at 13, 14 years old. And the first thing we did, there was a brand new Walmart that opened up in our town and our parents would drive us, drop us off at Walmart and we would spend hours there because they had a, a little place where you can have hot dogs and like the food area. There were, um, there were other stores around the area. We basically spent our, our time at a strip mall. That was what we did. And we would go and blow the entire $75 on cap guns, on Nerf guns, on, uh, just any toy or, or bubble gum or hot dogs or, or some food. That's a lot of money. Rockers. It's a, it's a lot of money totally. for a 13, 14 year old. I would go to the mall with like $12 in my pocket in college. And yeah. <laughs> and that was like, we both got on that. Like that's, we started super early. We were, we were just like, well, we have money. We worked hard this weekend. Let's go blow it all. Like that's mm -hmm. what you do. You know, there was no, you know, our parents never taught us to put money away, you know, or, you know, pay yourself first or any of that stuff. Cause my, my father isn't the greatest with money and never really has been. My mom has been like a secret saver. Like she's really good with money or no, I shouldn't say that. She's, um, misery with money. Like mm -hmm. very, um, like I have money, but I don't want you to know about it. I don't want you to talk about it. Don't talk to me about oh. it. Like, you know, it's one of those. So it wasn't like she ever instilled any knowledge on, uh, me or my brothers and my dad couldn't because we my my dad was just as bad. I remember a, a moment where, you know, my dad thought I want to take the kids camping. I'm like, okay, great. So we would go to I Goldberg, which existed at the time before REI. And we would just, we would go into this, like, it was basically like a camping candy store. We'd go in and my dad's just like, pick out any tent you want. Like, I'm just going to spend all my money. And that was sort of like, we went on like these shopping sprees because like my dad wanted to do something. He wanted to do something for us. And it was like spare no expense. And not to say that there's anything wrong with that, but that was sort of like, I've always had that, you know, instilled upon me as like, you get paid, you deserve that money. You worked for that money. Now go use that money, go spend that money. And now I feel the same exact way, except I'm just like slightly more responsible. There's some little tweaks that I have made um, there's a, the values have changed a little bit. So like for me, yes, I would be the same person if I had kids and they, I wanted to go camping with them and they were all excited about going camping. Yes, that is of absolute importance to me. We're going to, uh, now REI and we're going to go on a shopping spree, but you know, I, if I want something that's a little extravagant, that it's not really going to, um, make me a better person or, or I don't know, I, there's a bunch of things I can think of, but yeah, I think for me, uh, growing up, it was it was hard because really had no mentor, no influence of, you know, somebody who and, you know, I remember I do remember this one thing because I, I have to bring this up is I've had bad credit for my whole life. I just broke 800 <gasps> like with, with like last month. Which, OK, take us through those steps. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I basically 
I remember getting a credit card at 18 in the mail and I go, Ooh, I have a credit card. And I was in between jobs. I was like, I had, you know, the pool store had ended. The season had ended in South Jersey. It was like, I guess, October. And I was like, the Christmas season was upon us. And I was basically laid off, but I knew I was going to get a job back at the pool store in March, but I needed some time and money in between. So I ended up going and working at Target. And I just remember like just not getting paid enough. I, I just wasn't making enough money. And this credit card came in the mail. And I thought, oh my God, this is free money. I looked at it like I, all I have to do is sign this thing. And I have now like a $500 of cash to just spend. And my parents' advice to me uh, was don't, don't open a credit card. Don't open a credit card. I said, okay. And then I would, you know, another credit card would come in the mail. And they would say, you can't have a credit card. No, absolutely no to credit cards. And of course, I'm not going to listen to my parents. I'm 18 years old. I'm going to say, uh, no, whatever you say, I'm doing the opposite. So I, would, I went, signed up for a credit card. I had a $500 limit. It was a visa. I, don't remember, had, I had a beach scene on it, I remember. And I just, I, I think one or two days, it was maxed out, done. Like, and that's only 500 bucks. But it was, it was gone. And then six months later, I was talking to my friend. He goes, you know, you're supposed to pay that back, right? Like every month. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I'm like, I'll pay it back. He's like, no, you're, you, no, that's not the way it works. You can't just pay it back when you want. And I didn't know. And, um, I was, and at the, during that six months, I was opening up more credit cards and just spending and not, cause I, I actually didn't have any money. I didn't have enough money. I wasn't making enough at target. And I was thinking I, this is free money right now and I'll pay it when I get my job back at the pool store. And, uh, no. So it, I completely destroyed my credit, like sh just within the first, I don't know, year or two. And then I really didn't get better. Like I, I knew the information, but I just wasn't good at it. I was, I, you know, and it's funny cause I'm super punctual in like everything else. But when it comes to like paying my specifically credit card bills on time, I was really bad. Like car bills, I was fine. My mortgage, I've always been fine, but credit card bills for some reason, I'm like, oh, I'll be on late or whatever. So I, yeah, I destroyed it. I destroyed it. And I actually, when I bought a house, I had a 590 when I How bought a house. How did you buy a house with a 590 credit score? What was I bought Yeah, I bought a house. In, uh, I bought a house on <laughs> October 3rd of 2008 is when oh, I moved in. Oh, yeah. jeez. So they were giving out mortgages like candy at the bank. It was, it was insane. And I, and I had no business. I didn't put any money down on a house. I have, I bought a, it was brand new. It was a brand new condo. Like they just built it. I watched it be built. Um, I had, I had a 500, a 590 credit score and I had zero down and I was making maybe 40,000 a year or something like that. And then, yeah, I bought a $200,000 brand new condo, <laughs> two bedroom. Uh, yeah. And I still own it. It's, I, re I rent it out now. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I, I, now it's like I've finally broken even on it. So um, fast forward, I want to yeah. know how you got to that 800 because going from something in the 500s to the 800s, people think that that is just folklore. Like you can't do that. So I want to mm -hmm. know when you decided to change your behavior and what were the exact things you did? Uh, I canceled all my credit cards and I had one. I, I, I boiled it down to one and it was my Discover card. And the reason I chose that card is because it had the lowest interest rates and I had, um, decided, and this is, this is pretty recent. I think like three years ago, um, I had, I, you know, when I had quit, when I had gotten, I had gotten laid off from my job and this is when I was really starting hot and heavy on, um, swim university. 
And I was thinking like, I want to do this. This is my opportunity to, to own my own business. And so I gave up a lot of things. I, I gave up my house. I gave up my car and I sacrificed because I knew I needed to live on very little per month in order to, to survive. And I knew that if I was going to start a business, my credit needed to be good as well. Like I needed to like rebuild my credit and I didn't need all these credit cards. So I canceled all of them and I started reading. I started, I, I checked out, um, the simple dollar. I read, I will teach you to be rich. I read, I had before I'd read like Robert Kiyosaki's book and, but that was a long time ago, but I had, I had started like really, um, getting interested in fixing my finances because I knew, because like, like I said, like that was the fuel that I needed in order to start my business, which was at the time, like the most important thing, like that was my life goal. And so I, I knew that like, it didn't matter about how many credit cards you have. I learned how the credit rating system worked and I, you know, canceled all my cards knowing I was going to get hit a little bit, but that was fine. Cause it's whatever. It's a lot easier for me to manage. And I basically made it super easy for myself. I set up automatic payments on my credit card. Um, I only use, I used it as actual cash. Like I didn't use my debit card anymore. I started using my credit card um, and it just paying it off every month. And I used um, an app called Mint to keep track of all my finances. And I, and I specifically like got very, like I, I whittled down, like I had one checking account I had uh, and one credit card, like that was it. And so I just, I uh, would just spend and I would just spend like, you know, I would go to, you know, food shopping and I would use my credit card. And then I would basically at the end of the month, just like I'd have cash set aside and I would go and pay that credit card off. And I just did that consistently. And then my credit store was climbing. I wasn't keeping an eye on it. Like I wasn't, I didn't like have credit karma or, um, and at the time mint didn't have it. Um, it was just like, I, I just knew, okay, I have to pay my bills off. And I know I have to keep my interest rate low, although since I was paying my bills off every month, I didn't, that wasn't a big concern, but it was nice to call up every once in a while and negotiate my interest rate down. And at the same time, I'd ask for a credit score increase because I knew that the credit mm -hmm. to debt ratio uh, helps improve my score. And I had gotten a car loan um, in my name that I'd been paying on time. The mortgage helped. Um, and so I just paid my bills on time which is really all you have to do. That's like the, the least you can do is just pay your bills on time. Right. Uh, Be accountable. Yeah, that's, that's really it. And you don't even have to pay like them off. You can just pay the minimum, although paying off your credit cards and, and keeping uh, a low um, or low a high- Utilization, guess, right? Yeah, credit utilization score. So I just, I knew that. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do that for a very long time. And I'm not going to like keep track of my score because that's kind of like- it's almost like weighing yourself every day. It's like you just, I mean, I know they say what me, what's get measured or uh, what gets uh, what gets measured gets managed or something, something like that. Yeah. But I'm thinking like, no, let me just blindly do this and, and, and turn it into a habit. And then like the next thing I'll know, I'll look at my credit score and it'll be fine. As long as I'm doing the right, mm -hmm. as long as I know that I'm doing the right things and I'm setting it up and automating it. And so I did that. And then um, I applied for another credit card that a friend told me to get because uh, I was traveling a lot more. And all of a sudden, I like when they checked my score, it was it was high. And I was like, it was like in the 700s. And I was like, hmm. wow. Yeah, I'm like, all right. And they gave me this really expensive, really nice Chase Sapphire preferred card. And I was like, oh, okay. And then, so now I had two cards. And then I uh, got a third card because it had different points on it. And then I started learning more about like how to utilize the points and how mm -hmm. if I'm going to be using my credit card, I should take advantage of the rewards. And so I started doing that and 
I still keep things simple. Right now I have four, but uh, three are for personal and I only use one. Um, so the two just kind of sit there with a zero balance. And then I have um, one for business that I use just to keep track of all my business expenses. So but in that one points. story, you basically gave me a failure, which was getting into a lot of, uh, well, just wrecking your credit. Then yeah. it was improving the credit spectacularly to surpass 800, which very few of us do. And then you just start, you described a habit, which is that you automate. Yeah. And that was where all my, those were my next three questions. So, <laughs> so either you've been listening to this podcast very closely or you're just, you just work magic. Um, I, you know, but that's sort of uh, why Listed Money Matters, I think, worked so well for, for what I was doing was because, yeah, I was, I was giving advice about money at the same time I was learning about it and I was making mistakes and I had made mistakes in the past and I was literally fixing them as I was talking about them, you know, on the show. So the people were just following along with me and saying, well, if he can actually do yeah. this, I'm, I'm listening to him do this every day, then this is not difficult. Like he's, you know, he doesn't make that much money. I can do what he does. And that was sort of the appeal of that. All right. We are almost wrapped here, Matt. So mm -hmm. much fun talking to you. Before we go though, I'd like to ask all my guests a rapid fire sort of fill in the blank. Okay. You I'll finish the sentence. Okay. Okay. If I won the lottery tomorrow, say a hundred million dollars, the first thing I would do is buy a mountain house. A mountain house. Yeah, I want to I wanna ski in, ski out, mountain house. Love it. For the fireplace. The one thing that I spend my money on that makes my life easier or better is? Uh, oh, my God. I have no idea. Something coffee related? Um, food. Okay. <laughs> I, I well, like yeah. buying good food. <laughs> Biggest guilty pleasure that I spend a lot of money on is? People would say for me it's tech. Hmm. Like iPhones, iPads, Apple Watches. Are they watches. correct? Uh, I don't think I buy as much as they think I buy. Although I'm, you know, I, I think I don't really spend all that much money. But if I had to, if I had to say it, I honestly, it would be food. I, for some, I have this uh, mantra that like food should cost money and spare no expense when it comes to like the groceries you buy and the food you eat out. Because I like to eat very clean and if that costs more money, then so be it. I heard Ariana Huffington speak once about uh, how we are more careful with our technology than our bodies. Mm -hmm. Like we will go to great lengths to protect our phones. We get the warranties. <laughs> yeah. We uh -huh. know exactly how much battery is left in our phone at any given time. But if you ask us about our bodies or our health or our, you know, putting food in our bodies or exercising, we're like, what? You know, we don't even, when was the last time you went to the doctor? You know, so yeah. I agree that food is, um, it should be taken seriously. All right. One thing I wish I had known about money growing up is. That it can always be made. And it, and it never, it's never always gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I donate money, I like to give to blank because. I like to give to myself because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, when I donate, I like to give to environmental causes yeah. and not human causes. And last but not least, I'm so money because. Because I climbed up out of a financial deficit and a, and a crappy situation. Not that I was like, not that anything hard was put on me. It was something that I did. It was internal and I was able to flip it around. So that is why I'm so money. 
Well, Matt, you are so money. You're a great role model. And thank you so much for sharing your story with us and being so honest about it. Congrats on scoring well over 800 on the new business, RoastyCoffee.com. Everyone check it out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. That is a wrap. If you'd like to learn more about Matt, check out his website, mattgiovanisi.com. He's also on Twitter at Matt Givanisi. We've got all this information at somoneypodcast.com. There you can also find the transcript and comments from this episode and all previous episodes. And I want to hear from you. Submit your question about money, work, life, or guests at somoneypodcast.com. And there's a really good chance that I will answer it in the upcoming weekends. Tweet me at Farnoosh and use the hashtag somoney if you you want to catch me there. And as a reminder, if you'd like the chance to win a free 15-minute money session with me, just hop onto iTunes and leave a review for this show. Every Saturday, I select one new reviewer to receive a free 15-minute money blitz with me. And I've been doing this now for over a couple months and have had the privilege of getting to connect with many of you one-on-one. I love doing it. So if this is something you're interested in, go over to iTunes and please leave a review. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. I hope your day is so money.